Morning, Cornerstone Church. My name is Jeremy Lind. I'm the pastor here at Cornerstone. If I can invite Kirsten to come up and join us. If you'll notice in the video that Kirsten was wearing my favorite shirt. So I thought I would uh, wear this this morning. I had a great uh, opportunity to go down and, and visit Agua Viva a few years ago now. And um, it's incredible ministry that they do. They do a variety of things. One of the things that they do is they have a church camp for young um, people from the area uh, who come and learn about the Lord. It's fantastic, and they have this incredible facility down there. Um, it's a real um, asset. They also train pastors, and um, pastors need training. Here, I've got so many Christian books, I can't give them away. Speaking of which, if you want a Christian book, come and let me know. I've got tons of books for you. Like, it's just different um, there. Their pastors uh, need um, materials to train and learn from. And so Agoviva does a great job of training those pastors. They also send out missionaries into unreached people groups as well. And there's also opportunities to come on short-term missions. And uh, that's what Kirsten does. She is director of missions of Agoviva. And so she's here today to tell us a little bit about um, what they're doing down there, what God's doing through them. And um, this is part of our uh, 2020 vision. You know, a few years ago, we sat down and we thought, you know, God has blessed us as a church. Um, we're, at, we're actually larger. We average about 150 on a Sunday. We're actually larger than 75% of churches in America. And it might not feel that way because we have this giant auditorium, right? And you look around, and, but there's 150 of us here every Sunday. And we can change the world. I think sometimes we, as Cornerstone Church, we feel like, oh, we don't have our building yet. We don't have this yet. We can't change the world. But we can. God has given us everything that we need to change the world. And so what we did is we started looking at partnerships, uh, not only reaching people for Christ ourselves, but looking for ways that we can reach people for Christ through partnering with different people. Um, and just real quickly, too, one of the things you'll notice when you go into a lot of churches, you'll walk in, you'll see a missions board, right, with like 30 different faces on it. And nobody knows who those faces are. And nobody knows what those faces are doing because nobody can keep track of all of that. And then those poor 30 people, they have to go around to 30 different churches to try to gain support for their mission. And they spend as many times, uh, as much time as on the campaign trail as they do actually reaching people for Christ. And so it's a very inefficient model. And you might know some missionaries who go through that. Some missionaries who when they, they come back, there's no rest. They're just hitting church after church, meeting after meeting, trying to get that support. And so what we wanted to do as a church was focus on a few different areas so that we can really make an impact. And so we say no to many people so that we can make an impact in a few and actually do a good job of reaching people for Christ. So we sat down. We spent a lot of time in prayer. Uh, we had a missions team sitting down praying about this, looking at different organizations and partnerships for, I think, over a year. And uh, we came up with a, a foreign uh, missions, and that was Agoviva. We came up with a uh, regional mission as well, and that's Jonathan Cox, who spoke here a few weeks ago. And so we had Jonathan here, and now we're blessed to have Kirsten as well. Thank you, Kirsten, for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And Kirsten, do you remember any of the questions I was supposed to ask? I was so nervous about the worship team there. I didn't remember. Oh, there it is. <laughs> now I remember my questions. Kirsten, how did you get connected with Agua Viva? So I grew up in a church that would come down to Agua Viva. Um, I had friends who grew up going to Agua Viva, and I always thought, that's so nice that they like to do that. That's not really my thing, though. Um, I thought missions trips sound like you sleep in a tent and shower out of a bucket, and I just don't know if that's my thing, so I don't think I'm going to go, but I'm glad that they like to go. Um, and then when I was 19, what changed was I was dating a guy who wanted to go on the missions trip, so I was like, well, I guess I'll go this time. <laughs> and then we broke up right before the trip, <laughs> and we both went, um, so it was awkward, to say the least, but it was a really good ministry, like a week, a really great week of ministry, 
And I fell in love with Agua Viva and with the short-term trip. And so I told my pastor, like, I'm going next year. Sign me up now because I'm ready to go. Um, and so the next year I went back and I had another great week. And the staff at Agua Viva were telling me about um, summer staff. So going for a couple months um, to help with the groups that come in the summer. And so I thought, okay, next year I think I'll do that. And so that was the, the summer before I graduated college. And while I was there, I just felt like I needed to be there full time. So I finished college the next year and ended up coming down after that. And I've been there for a little over six years now. Sometimes love just doesn't look the way we think it does, right? <laughs> Kirsten, what do you love about Agua Viva? There are a lot of things I love about Agua Viva, but I think the thing that comes to mind first off is that it's not an American ministry in Mexico. It's a Mexican ministry run by Me Mexicans. Um, I know you guys have met Jason and you've met Marcos and now I'm here. And so the faces that you're gonna see are a lot of times Americans because we come to our own culture to, to talk about it. But on staff, we have a little over 20 full-time staff members and only really right now two of us are American. Jason only kind of counts. <laughs> he was born in the States, but he's more Mexican than anything. So uh, there's two American staff and then Jason, however you want to <laughs> classify him. Um, so everybody on staff, like all of our leaders meetings, everything is run by Mexicans. Our meetings are all in Spanish. Um, so what that means is that people who are in their own culture are making decisions for ministry. Um, they know how to reach the people that they live with, that they live around, that they're in community with. And so our guidance is coming from somebody who understands the culture. And I think that makes a big difference when it comes to ministry. Um, I love working with a Mexican staff. I've learned a lot about cross-cultural ministry firsthand um, and seeing how they have a heart for their own country and their own people is really impactful. Um, and I also really love that Agua Viva is working in sustainable ministry, meaning it's ministry that will continue to grow within itself. Um, the pastors that we're training in our seminary go to their own communities and train people in their own churches. So when we're talking about an unreached people group that's closed off to anyone who's not from their own culture. So these are native groups to Mexico. There's over 160 of them in Mexico um, that are, when Spain came to Mexico, these groups went up into the mountains and they've preserved their own culture, their own language, their own religion. And so they're closed off to anyone who's from the outside, even if that person is Mexican, but just not from their tribe. And so we get to bring people from those tribes to our seminary, train them, and then send them back where they're going to be, for the most part, welcomed because they're part of that tribe. Um, so they can continue to train people within their tribe. So it's something sustainable and that multiplies. We don't have to send everyone to Agua Viva. We can send people we trust to train. Yeah. One of the coolest things that I experienced when I was down there, um, I met this uh, pastor named um, Mario. And Mario takes a cart um, of, you know, souvenirs and he pushes it down uh, the mountain, goes, I think he walks into town, doesn't he? It's like miles into town. Maybe he doesn't um. know. I think he drives, but it's still a long ways. Yeah. It's a it's a big it's a big job to get into town for him. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he, he sells these souvenirs to support a church which he pastors 
and uh, they don't have a building. They meet on the side of a hill, and these 40 people come. There's, there's really no yard there or anything. They just kind of stand on this dirt street on a side of a hill, and they worship God in the mornings. And we got to um, see that he had built, uh, bought some land, and they were, building, um, they were building this little church on the side of the hill. And it was just super inspiring. And you think about this passion that the people have to worship the Lord there. You know, here it's like, oh, it's an uh, hour, hour late. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it out of bed today because it's spring break. You know, and these people, they're not sitting in a nice auditorium, this air conditioning. You know, they don't have uh, nice, comfortable seats. They're standing outside, you know, in the hot sun, worshiping the Lord. And there's just a real passion. And I saw Mario's passion, too, to serve that church. It was just so, uh, it was really refreshing just to see that type of uh, um, passion for worship. And that's what I, I took away from my trip from Agaviva. It was really Really neat experience. How's Mario doing, by the way? He's great. He was actually in the video. I don't know if you noticed him. It was really quick, and he's standing in the doorway of their new church building. Um, so he's doing really great, and his church is growing, and they have, they've started doing movie nights for the youth in the community. Somebody donated a um, projector and computer to play movies on, and so they're doing a lot of good work. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Um, how about, what can we be praying for you about in your ministry? Um so many things. <laughs> um, first of all, we are, I mean, being praying, praying for our, our students, they're, they're working really hard to study, to do their ministry that they're going out every week to do. Um, and they're also seeking guidance for their call after they're done with school. So they're either doing a one-year program or a two-year program, uh, depending on the student and what their needs are. And so a lot of them are going to be graduating in June and going back home or going on to the mission field. And so I know a lot of them are, are seeking guidance in that. Some of them are going to be pastors. Some will be youth leaders or worship leaders. Some will just be lay leaders within their church. Um, the, there's a girl who graduated a few years ago, and she has, like, a nail salon, but, like, serves in her church as well. And so just seeing the, diff the variety of different ministries people have gone into. Um, so they're all seeking guidance, so if you could be praying for that. And then we're also looking for staff. We're looking for full-time staff. We're looking for summer interns. Um, we've had a couple staff leave recently for different reasons, um, different good reasons. Um, and so we're looking to fill a lot of positions in accounting and construction and short-term missions in pretty much everything. Um, so if you could be praying for the Lord to send us willing workers. Um, and then also our, our youth camp ministry is really taking off. I mean, it's been really popular for a long time. They've been doing youth camp since the early 90s. But recently, our youth camp directors just took a small group of counselors into an indigenous group in Jalisco to teach them how to do their own youth camp. And I know that another missionary has invited them to go to another part of Mexico, and um, they just added a third youth camp in the year. So being praying for that would be great, too. As director of missions, how often do you get to uh, interact with the, the students who come on the, the, the campers who come? Um, with the campers... It depends on the group. So the groups that just rent the facilities out, I don't interact with them very much. Um, but with the youth camp, I work with every youth camp. And recently they started doing like memory verses that the campers can say and get points for. And I get to be the person to listen to them. And it's one of my favorite jobs because I get FaceTime with 
every camper. And so they get to come and um, find me and say verses and get excited about it. Um, at winter camp, I was the only person listening to verses for 180 campers, and it was a big job, but <laughs> it was good. <laughs> um, so we get to see them a lot. And then we get to see them around town, too, because they're from Ensenada. They're from Tijuana, Rosarito. Um, so when I'm around ca- town in a coffee shop, I'll run into campers or counselors, and it's, it's really fun to see how they, how they progress after camp. What's your favorite testimony of a, of a student that you've seen recently? There's so many. I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> you are, this Some was not are on not the list. On, this is not on <laughs> script, so we're flying uh, with, without a, a net here. Um, so one, this is for a camper as opposed to a student. Um, I have two campers that, uh, re- this was just, in, I think, in summer youth camp that I heard their story. Uh, one of them, his dad is the like general manager of the biggest strip club in Tijuana, um, and he showed up at camp and came to the Lord through that camp. Um, so that was really, <laughs> really amazing, um, and we are praying a lot for him. Uh, another one is a girl who's also from Tijuana. Her mom is, she lives in a crack house, and the, this camper lives with different family members all the time. Um, she li- at the moment, she was living with an aunt, and she wasn't really considered part of the family. It was kind of like Cinderella, like she was told to do chores and everything, but wasn't actually accepted as part of the family. And when she, a friend invited her to camp, and she decided to go, and her aunt said, if you go to this Christian camp, you can't come back here. You won't have a home here anymore. And she went. She went to camp because it was important to her. And she made a decision for the Lord there, and our counselors then were looking for a place for her to stay because they knew that she didn't have a home to go back to. And she wanted to go back to Tijuana because somebody had given her a scholarship to a private Christian high school, and she was doing really well. And I think they ended up finding her a place, but I mean, the things that students go through to go to camp, and I know that's not just in Mexico, too. I know that's stateside as well, but um, it just reminded me that everybody is going through a lot of things that we can't always see when we first meet them, so yeah, it's pretty amazing. There's also a lot of great testimonies on uh, Agua Viva's Instagram page, so if you're not Grammys with uh, Agua Viva... Make sure that's, I don't know what you call them. That's why I call friends on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I just started using Instagram, honestly, just for this reason. Sarah's like, you've got to use Instagram. Like, I'm never using Instagram. And, uh, but they do such a great job. So I'll give you all these great um, videos about what's going on there and what God is doing there. So if you're not Grammys with, I'll give you, and if you're not Grammys with Cornerstone Church, make sure to go in and Grammy us as well. On, and Facebook as well. Here's another, I'm just a shameless plug. If you could actually go on Cornerstone's page and just like all of our posts, you know, Facebook does this algorithm thing and it's really hard for churches to get our, our uh, information into the news feeds. Um, and so if you guys ever are sitting there and you got nothing to do, uh, you're on the bus or, you know, you're waiting in line, just go on fa- a Cornerstone's thing and just like everything up and down. Brandon puts out the set list every week um, so we know what songs to sing. Um, Jeff will post things about, you know, important uh, kids ministries. I'll point, post things about who's coming to speak and all those different things. And so make sure you're friends with us on uh, Facebook and Instagram as well. And I'll go Viva too. They're, they have the best Instagram page I've seen in a long time. How about um, Kirsten? 
we are actually going to be coming there in October. Um, can you tell us about the trip that uh, Cornerstone's planning to participate in? Yes. So that trip is uh, to a town called Vizcaino, which has a large migrant um, camp. So in Mexico, I, I mean, you probably know about migrant workers here in the States. We have the same thing in Mexico. Um, so workers come from southern Mexico up to northern Mexico to find work in the fields, and most of them are indigenous. And so we have a trip that goes down to Vizcaino to work with the kids that are in the camp to work to evangelize. Um, I know sometimes, I don't know if every trip, but they work with this, um, this app that lets the person who's indigenous find their tribe on the map, find their dialect and their language, and then we get to give them materials in that language. Um, so audio, scripture, and whatever has been translated for them so far. Um, maybe some songs or some Bible studies. All audio because a lot of them can't read. Um, so I know that Bruce and Chris went last year. And um, I unfortunately have not had the opportunity to go yet. But I'm hoping to be able to do that. Um, but you go, it's not just Americans who are going. Actually, I think uh, Bruce and Chris were the only two Americans on the trip. Everybody else was Mexican. And it's really special to be able to do a trip like that because you get to learn a lot from your Mexican brothers and sisters in Christ and learn a lot about flexibility and patience and what to do when you don't understand the language, but let God work through that. And it's really special. So who can go on that trip? Anyone can go on that trip. If you are interested, you can talk to me after service, and I'll get you some information. So, like, uh, so like that person could go on that trip? Yeah, he could. No go. way. Yeah. How about that one way over there? Yeah, them too. Unbelievable! Oh, I know. Did you know this? I don't know if you knew this. <laughs> you can join it. So, yeah, um, if you want to just even, <laughs> if you have any interest at all, maybe of just you know finding out more too, um, you can chat with Bruce and Chris. Where is Bruce? That's so. Br there he is. Bruce, could you stand up real quick? Bruce is our missions MLP, and uh, Bruce, are you going again this October? Great. So if you're interested in going in any way, just uh, chat with Bruce, and he can give you the lowdown. Um, what'd you say about mission trips? It's all like not taking showers and... and oh yeah, bucket showers, sleeping in a tent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring a lot of dry shampoo. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the great thing about Agua, they really do have an excellent facility. And um, so don't be scared off. I've been there myself. It's really comfortable and nice. And I so should if you say, that's what I was worried about going into a mission yeah. trip. And then I got to Agua. I was like, I can do this. Yeah. There's hot showers and beds and everything. So it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. And so if you're interested in any way, you know, make sure to, to uh, go out of your way and, and talk to Bruce about going this October. Um, so Kirsten, many of us love the Lord. And uh, we really are. We're inspired when we come and hear, uh, like Jonathan Cox, talk about how um, God is working in his life and he's sharing the gospel. Um, we get inspired by the stories that you bring of, you know, these students who come from, you know, various backgrounds, and they're coming to know the Lord. Um, and that's really inspiring us. How can we take some of that um, passion and just put that into action in our own lives to reach the people around us for Christ? I think a lot of the times when we think of missions, we think of somebody who has gone to another country and who take bucket showers and, like, live in tents and everything. Um, and it's just not, that's a very small part of what missions is. Um, God invites each and every one of us, not even today, but throughout history, 
has invited us into his mission, into reaching um, the people around us, bringing them into the family of God, teaching them how to worship. I mean, even the Israelites, that was their call, was to be a light to the people around them, to invite others into their community and teach them how to worship God. And we see lots of stories of how they did not do it so well, um, but we can't judge because I'm sure we do the same thing all the time. Um, but their call was to bring people in and to teach them how to worship God. And in we saw Jesus do the same thing. We see that in the New Testament church. And we have a word for that today. It's called discipleship. It's meeting people who are different from us and living life with them and teaching them how to worship God, showing them with our actions, um, teaching them with our words. And for some of us, that is in Mexico. I get to do that in Mexico. God knew that I would like to be in Mexico. (laughs) Um, He gave me that. He put that in me long before I ever knew that was even an option. Um, but not everybody is called to go somewhere else, or at least not called to go long-term. Um, and maybe your mission field is your job. Maybe it's your home if you're a stay-at-home parent. Maybe it's the school where your kids go. Um, wherever you find yourself, there are people around you who are different, who have a different culture. Even if they look like you and sound like you, they still have something. Maybe they're part of the special needs community. Maybe they're an immigrant. Maybe they're a there's just a huge list of ways that they might be different from you, but you can find them and you can live life with them and you can disciple them, teach them how to worship God. Um, And it's a lot. It's hard work because it's not just a one-week thing. It's not just a one-day thing. It's a a lifelong thing, and it's um, it just totally takes over your life, but that's what we're called to do. And so, like I said, maybe that is just with your neighbor. Maybe that's going to Mexico or another country. And maybe that's for a summer. Like, we have summer interns. And I'm an exception where I stayed on long-term. But there's a lot of them who come and work for the summer. And God teaches them so much through that, through those couple months. Um, Or maybe it's just a short-term trip, like going to Vizcaino or with another ministry, whatever it is. So... God's calling us all into discipleship. We just have to figure out where he's calling us. And also, I want to say you are capable of doing that. It's not something, you don't have to go to seminary for it. You don't have to train professionally for it. You're capable right where you are. Um, So if you feel like you have a heart for kids ministry, look for ways to get involved in kids ministry. If you feel like you have a heart for leading a small group, start talking to your pastor and figure out how you can start doing that because God God makes you capable even if you don't feel I was not capable to go to Mexico um, but God made me capable so Kirsten could you share the gospel with me in Spanish <laughs> oh you're really putting me on the spot I'm sure I could <laughs> yes <laughs> do you want to give it a try do I have to prove it <laughs> maybe do you want to give it a try I don't know if I'm prepared for that. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> well, we can sure, surely share the gospel in English, was where I was going to be headed with that. So, <laughs> we don't have to learn a second language. We're all here in Blaine, Minnesota, where uh, we're comfortable with the people uh, around us, and, and we know their language, and we can tell them uh, about God in our own language, with our own words, which is a huge blessing. Um, if you think about being a missionary, what missionaries do, right? They 
spend incredible amounts of time uh, being trained not only in the language but the culture so that they can reach people, so that they can understand, you know, what these people are like, what they're comfortable with, uh, so they're not making, like, awkward social gaffes at all moments, right? You have to learn all of those things to be a missionary. We don't have to learn any of those things because we're from our culture. And so we can just engage with the people around us. And I would say there's this thing in, um, you know, Christianity and the United States where uh, because of our culture, we're always looking for who's serving us, right? Like, how am I being served? And we go to the store and we look at the store and how are they treating me? How are they serving me? And then we evaluate the store based on that. And I would say people do that with churches as well. And that's a huge, you know, a huge thing about being a Christian that we have to overcome because it's not about who's serving us. It's about who we're reaching out to. And if we're going to follow Christ, the first thing we've got to do is stop asking, who's serving me? And start asking, who can I serve? And so, for example, in my neighborhood, there's some really cool people who I'd like to be friends with, but they don't want to be friends with me. They don't like the same things I do. I've called them. They don't answer my calls. But there is someone who does want to be my friend, and that's my other neighbors on the other side. And they got this little five-year-old boy who loves my kids, and he wants to be around my kids all the time. And so you know how I reach him for Christ is I just pick him up on Wednesday nights and I bring him to church. And he's coming to know the Lord. It's amazing. Like, I don't even have to do anything. Jeff Larson preaches the gospel. To him. I just have to get him in the car and bring him. And so if you want to follow Christ, if you're looking to, uh, if to reach people for Christ, I say the first thing is love God. Right? The first thing is you have to fall in love with God. And then you have to stop asking questions, who's serving me? We'd all love for people to come and serve us, but who can we serve? You know, we're always looking for that cool person that we want to, you know, be around. But there's definitely like five people behind us who if we'll just turn around and reach out to them, we can definitely reach somebody for Christ. Um, so Kirsten, and after I got lost in my own sermon there, um, we were supposed to be praying for you about um, staff. Mm-hmm. And um, what was the other one again? The students. The students, and yes. they're calling after they graduate. Students and they're calling after they graduate. How about, isn't there a, a really big camp that you have coming up this summer, too? Um, there's in, a few of them. Embrace? Embrace. Yeah, that's Embrace. the one we always talk about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, we'll just be praying for your camp. That would be great. We're getting really excited about Embrace this year. So. Yeah. I already have a couple registered, so. And if you could, too, uh, be praying that God would send uh, workers into the harvest. You know, it's, um, I went to seminary, and um, we need capable, talented, passionate people uh, for the Lord to choose to go um, to go serve him. Not only in missions, but, you know, in the church as well. So we should be praying that as, for that as well. Bruce, can I have you come up real quick? If you can, sorry, this is all impromptu too. Um, and then how about we'll say a prayer as a church for Kirsten and Agaviva. If you want to join us in prayer, you can just stretch out a hand. First, you're going to maybe grab the mic too. If you want to lead us and I'll close us. Father, we thank you for the ministry of Agua Viva and just for the opportunity for us at Cornerstone to learn about it. And uh, I've shared that story with some people and how when we first heard about it and, and the way we heard about it, we, we kind of thought it was a joke. And, and yet it's a very real, very um, exciting ministry. And so we're thankful to be a, a part of it at, as Cornerstone. And we think about the particular request that Kirsten has shared. Uh, we think about the Embrace Camp coming up and the other camps and just the wonderful things we're doing with the students. We would ask for guidance for them. Father, for more uh, workers, for, for more staff at Agua Viva, um, 
you know, your word tells us, you, you tell us to pray that the Lord of the harvest might send out workers. So, Father, we are asking in accordance with your will that you would raise up workers and um, in particular at Agua Viva. And, and Father, sometimes when we, we make prayers like that, we realize that the answer to that prayer might be us. So, Father, may your spirit work in us today. And as we think about that, may we be open to whether your spirit would have us be a part of the answer to that prayer and how we uh, might be supporting Agua Viva and, and all that they do there. So thank you again so much for this ministry and, uh, and also for Kirsten as she leads and, and what she's involved in. We pray for wisdom and, and guidance as, uh, as all those campers come, um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of campers and trying to keep everybody straight. Uh, just ask your blessing on her time for organization and, and, uh, and as she would delegate tasks to other people that it would all make sense to people. And uh, Father, there's so many things to pray about. We thank you that that all of this is for your glory and that your hand is in it, and uh, we, we will bless it. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we uh, pray for that you would send workers in the harvest, that people would choose to go into ministry. Uh, and instead of being you know, in a more lucrative career, God, that they would choose uh, to serve you. So I pray for, um, for young people to start thinking about uh, serving you uh, and serving your church. And Lord, I also pray for uh, staff members um, for Agua Viva as well and into the, the mission field. God, we pray that you would bless Agua Viva. I pray that there would be um, some people right now uh, who are thinking about going to ministry, that you would lay on their hearts, that you would call them into the ministry and then uh, connect them uh, with Agua Viva, that they can uh, be fully staffed and just ready to roll with all the help that they need. Um, and then we pray for those students, Lord, as they are looking for their calling, those students uh, at Agua Viva, as they're looking for their calling afterwards, that you'd make that clear to them. And uh, God, sometimes we know you speak in like very powerful ways, and other times you just ask us to step out in faith. And so I pray that you bless these students so they can know uh, how you're calling them and where you're calling them as well. Uh, and bless Kirsten in that as well. Bless her ministry as she connects with those students at the camps, with those people coming uh, to do mission trips. God, I pray that you bless her. Um, fill her with your Holy Spirit that she can just fill others up out of the overflow of her heart. And Lord, we pray for all of those things, and we pray for the offering which we're about to receive in a moment, that you'd bless it, that it could go to make a real impact in your world in reaching people for Christ. And we pray all this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. <laughs>